Hi, I'm Sakita Holly. I am an award-winning publicist and entrepreneur obsessed with transforming brands, and I am dedicated to sharing everything that I've learned along the way to help you win at work, in business, and everywhere in between. On this podcast, you will have direct, unfiltered access to your favorite creatives, entrepreneurs, and executives, and the methods that have made both them and myself successful. This is the Sakita Method. To live tweet this episode, use the hashtag the Sakita Method and be sure to tag me at Miss Success. That's M I S S Success on both Instagram and Twitter. For the first time in the history of this podcast, I am welcoming a guest back to the show. Do you know how interesting and amazing you have to be for me to ask you to come back? <laughs> well, that person is none other than Nicole Kane, the founder and editor-in-chief of exonicole.com, a multimedia women's lifestyle platform created to provide and promote positive images of women of color while empowering, educating, and inspiring them through beauty, fashion, lifestyle, career, and travel features, and more recently through their offline events and a new podcast called Exo Happy Hour. The last time I had Nicole on the show was in February 2016. It had been a little over six months since she had launched Exo Nicole. And around that time, while people were responding well to the new site and calling her and it hashtag goals, it wasn't generating the financial success that her previous site was able to generate. Some months after our interview, Nicole put out this super candid video where she talked about her failures and how she was going broke trying to launch Exo Nicole and the lessons that she was learning along the way. Here's a quote from that video. I started to think about how I ended up here and realized that I made so many mistakes. And the number one mistake I made was trying to live up to the expectations of other people and trying to compete with my old success. Right now, it's a mess and I'm cleaning up the mess. Fast forward to 2017 and super producer and filmmaker Will Packer acquired Exo Nicole and became one of Nicole's business partners. And I want to stop and start right there. Welcome back to the show, Nicole. Hi. <laughs> First so, of all, yes, go ahead. before we even get into this, I want to say that um, it, first, I'm so happy to be back on this podcast. Yay. I love your podcast. I love what you do. Um, there's only, I've done a lot of interviews, but it's two podcasts I always wanted to come back to. And th- it was this one and my leak tales because in yes. both, I felt like I was in shambles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they need an update, honey. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That's that's why we are here because so much has happened for you since we last spoke. Um, and also so much is going on right now. We're in the middle middle of a pandemic. So the first thing I want to know is how are you feeling today? Um, I'm feeling like if we had did this interview when we were originally supposed to do the interview, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have been feeling so great. Um mm. Last week, I was extremely burned out, you know, yeah. as we all were trying to figure out what was next in this pandemic and if we were going to pivot and and things like that. I think I went into survival mode because I am a former blogger and I live in survival mode. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, yeah. It's funny because I think there was a tweet out about people having to give up the myth of certainty. 
Mm. Um, and I feel like it's a privilege to even have that myth because ne- nothing has ever felt certain to me. Um, ever. So as soon as this pandemic hit, I'm like, okay, we doing this, 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 and this. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I I noticed that I my body triggered survival immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the midst of that and in the midst of launching virtual events and, and really um, shifting our year, I got burned out really, really quickly. So I'm happy that like this kind of got pushed back and I had a right. week off. I just, mm-hmm. I'm, this is my first day back. I've been off for the last four or five days. This wow. is my first day plugging back in to email. And so I'm great. <laughs> Well, well, I'm I'm happy to hear that. And what's interesting, because I think this could be part of your growth. A few years ago, you might not have taken that break. Yeah, um, I think I've picked up a lot of self-awareness over the last few years. Mm -hmm. Um, I I I think I um, what is the word I'm looking for? I self-medicate through working. Mm. Um, I'm, I mourn through overworking. So, and I say that in a sense, I've lost a lot of people in my life, but I overwork so that I don't have time to sit down and sit with myself and process feelings. Mm. Um, and so that's what I did during the pandemic. I started mourning (laughs) 2020 and what I felt it should have been. It was going to be a very monumental year for me. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, if this was a few years ago, I wouldn't have recognized that, but I, mm-hmm. I did. And and I did because some of the negative feelings I had, I felt like I was starting to take them out on other people, on people who mm-hmm. work for me, who on yeah. friends. Um, and it, it would have created a toxic environment if I didn't push back. Mm. What's interesting that you talked about your how you use work as a coping method. I can relate to that as well. And I think a lot of people listening can relate because work is kind of the one thing that we've tricked ourselves into thinking we can control. And I guess now with the pandemic, it's like, guess what? <laughs> you can't even control that uh, to to a certain extent. So how were you able to unlearn that behavior or at least catch it you know, fast enough in order to make an adjustment when you need to take a step back? Um, it is crazy because it's almost like I had an out-of-body experience where mm-hmm. I, I was viewing myself through the lens of what I felt other people were viewing. And again, mm-hmm. I I noticed that I was a little bit more snappy towards people okay. who worked for me. I took things personally really quick. Um, one thing I did was when I was a blogger, I could take a leap, um, mm-hmm. and 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 just I I you know I'm <laughs> I'm uh, people call me courageous all the time, you know I'll take a leap and and have faith that the parachute will open. But mm-hmm. now under this new circumstance I'm in, if I take a leap, I gotta pull everybody with me, and, yeah. and they may not be ready to to jump with me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, <laughs> for so, sure. Me leaping during this pandemic and going into survival mode and doing whatever I can to save my brain and make sure that people still keep their jobs, are fed, can feed their families. Um, But I caused a tremendous amount of stress for a lot of people who weren't ready to take that leap at the same time. Okay. 
And okay, that's an interesting point. So you you recognize that you caused this stress with your team and some tension there. How were you able to unravel that once you recognized it? Did you kind of, you know, pull the team together and say, you know, thank you for everything that you've done over the last few weeks. I know that I've been a little hard on you. Like, how did that go? Like, Oh, it's so funny because they might hear this and all of this is new to them. You know what I mean? Okay. (laughs) But but I still will answer the question. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I started having resentment, right? Mm -hmm. And- and you know these people have been loyal to me. They they are passionate about this brand, mm-hmm. um, but they also have families. They yeah. they might have husbands. They may have a child that you know us doing it a virtual event on a weekend may have cut into that time. Um, right. So without me being emotional, I could tell I'm gonna get emotional at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, first I felt like no one's fighting with me, right. Ooh. And that made me feel like betrayed almost. Yeah. And then I thought about, but they have families, Nicole. And then there was a sense of sadness because I put so much into my career and my work that Mm -hmm. I don't have family. You know, uh, I don't have a husband or kids because Mm -hmm. I put so much into this. And so it goes back to what you asked me in our first interview it, the question you asked me was, when do you give yourself permission to live? Mm. And, you know, it's just, this is new, this is fresh, mm-hmm. but it was Saturday that just passed. So it was yeah. in six days. And I'm marinating on that question and how, like, I put everything before, like, every move I make is for someone else. Like, yeah. Um, I'm not going to reach out to this person because it's a weekend. And I know that's their self-care time. But in saying that, I end up taking on the work, right? Mm. And so I kept putting everyone before myself. And I had to ask myself recently, what do you want? What is the, you know, what what will have to change in your organization um, Mm -hmm. and the way you run your business? to free up your time to do things that you used to enjoy because yeah. now you've put so many people before yourself that you've allowed them to live, but you're Ooh. not living. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. I just want to sit with that <laughs> for a second. I'm like, girl, are you triggered? Like, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah no, yes. 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 By, by literally everything that you said, and that's that last piece is so good, but you also said something that is really important. And it's feeling a sense of betrayal if the people working alongside of you are not working in your view as hard as you are. And I think that word betrayal and things like that, I've felt that, but I think that that's a narrative that we create because you just said a few minutes before these people, my team, they're so passionate about this brand. Like they basically go hard for it. Mm-hmm. They show up for you. But, you know, in those moments where it gets a little tough and we as the entrepreneur, as like the the captain of the ship have to dig deeper because there's no one else that will dig deep first. When you don't see, I guess, other people digging deep at that same time, it does feel like betrayal. And it does feel like, well, damn. 
Yeah, <laughs> is, like, is, it, is it always just going to be me? And I think that's the loneliness of entrepreneurship. But what it seems like is that you have a really good handle and in, in maybe not so well in your view, but I think it's a good handle to be able to recognize that that's how you felt. So how do you make adjustments in how you deal with the team? Because you talked about resentment. Um, earlier. And that can kind of come off in some of your conversations where it's just kind of like, okay, I have an attitude because I feel like you're not giving me enough, but I can't really push you harder than you're going because we're in a pandemic, you have a family, et cetera. How do, how do you be flexible within that space? Well, first of all, the first thing I did do was take a break. It was the first okay. time I've taken a break in a long time. I gave everyone a week off in December where I was like, you know, don't update the site. Do not mm-hmm. update social media. Everybody will be okay. You know, right. like it's not, it's not, uh, <laughs> you know, we could go for a week and be fine. Right. And, um, but I didn't take off that mm. because we had um, something we had just did with a brand. Um, and I knew as soon as we came back from in the new year that they would be looking for the, um, the deliverables. So I spent the holiday getting those together. Um, As soon as we started the year, I jumped right into planning for a event, you know, a tour. We were actually doing for a series called Pajamas and Lipstick. Uh, And then the pandemic hit and then we we shifted it to virtual. And I mean, I, I, I think about it and I went hard every single weekend with no breaks. Um, Mm. And so... With saying that, um, when I realized that I felt the way I felt, um, I took, it was for the first time, I was like, you need to just take a break from everything. And so like right now I'm not on Twitter. Um, I haven't updated my Instagram and I've just been sitting with my feelings and Mm -hmm. I kind of took a step back from even communicating, even though I know I should have communicated I have to take a step back because I don't want to say things in the present moment of how I feel without processing them, without right. looking over them, without writing them down and really getting to the bottom of why I feel the way I feel. Um, I'm in a much better headspace now and I can get back to leading with empathy and compassion. Mm. But I wasn't there last week and, and I was scared right. if I said anything, it would come from a place of resentment. And um, at the end of the day, entrepreneurship, like you said, is isolating. Um, Mm -hmm. Having to be responsible for the well-being of others, as you said, you know, to keep a roof over their head and things like that is um, a very heavy. um, Yes. It's very heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in no one of us, no one has been through something like this ever in life. You know, it's new to all of us. Um, and so you add that on top of, you know, already the isolation and the heavy feeling, um, Mm -hmm. and it it can be, I I think we need to give ourselves the grace to feel that way. Like I give myself the grace to say, oh, wow, you felt betrayed. You felt resentment, but you should, I don't think I should have felt that way, but I did in the moment, but I'm able to accept that. And not beat myself up over it. I love that. And what's what's so interesting is that I can hear your growth. <laughs> like I can hear that 
so much has changed for you and shifted. And I think, you know, that's something that you should definitely give yourself a little pat on the back for. Um, Thank you. (laughs) For for sure. Because my team and I appreciate my team. You know what I mean? Um, I think again, no one has been through something like this before. So as a business owner, we are going to go through a range of emotions We're we are dealing with people that I meant dealing with things that people, people would never imagine. In yep. a million years. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, for sure. My my last episode that I put out a, a couple weeks ago, I literally was just talking about how for the, you know, a few weeks straight, I was just crying. <laughs> like I was just crying. And then I kind of had a moment where it was like, okay, you gotta, you gotta pull it together. But you know, my business is is taking a hit just as PR. It's like one of those things, one of the first things um that usually gets cut or that people feel that they can do with do without. So, you know, it's it's all about adjusting. But I'm still what's interesting is that in the midst of all the uncertainty and the scariness of it all, I still have like a sliver of optimism yes. um, that will be able to to kind of get through this. And speaking of optimism, what helps me continue to be optimistic and inspire are people like you. Um, when you pivoted the the event, I tweeted you on, you know, I tweeted you and I said, wow, this is so inspiring to see. Literally, maybe a, my timeline might be off, but maybe like a week or two before you had to pivot, I remember seeing you guys doing a venue walkthrough. Mm-hmm. So I would, first of all, I'd have been on my floor, <laughs> sneaking into the floor, tears, my dog running around. Like, I'm not, I, I, I don't know how you did it. And I was literally like, okay, Nicole, yes. Like this, and, and everybody, when I looked at all the, the recaps and people commenting live, like people loved every minute of it. So how were you able to pivot and shift gears so quickly to make it work? Well, first of all, when I was doing that walkthrough, I knew in my heart that this event was not going to happen. You know, Mm -hmm. I had went and I bought like 300 uh, small promo um, hand sanitizers. Wow. You know, but things Mm -hmm. were getting canceled left and right. The NBA suspended, you know, South by Southwest canceled, like major things were just getting canceled left and right. And I thought this would be very selfish of me to hold this event in the middle of this chaos. And then mm-hmm. uh, one of the very important people on my team couldn't make it because uh, they were locking down New York. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of had a sense door when I was doing the venue walkthrough that this event isn't going to happen. And I, and I spent, the thing that people don't know is uh, this was the year of pajamas and lipstick. That is my baby. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we were going on a tour, but we were also uh, shooting like a pilot for a show. And um, these are things that like bring me joy and really allow me to uh, really love my job. And I like so, how you slipped that in there. Pilot yeah. for a show. <laughs> Because I'm going to come back to it. <laughs> I, I really, and and so this is, I just felt like 2020 was about to be my year. Yeah. Um, and now again, I had to get, like you said, I did, I was on the floor for a minute because mm-hmm. I started mourning what I thought 2020 was going to be for me. Like, yeah. it's almost like I had a funeral for 2020. <laughs> mm. Um. 
But again, in survival mode and as sponsors started pulling out as, you know, we did our best revenue quarter um, this year. We did more in one quarter than we did like three last year. So it was really shaping up to be a really great year. And then I started seeing like, again, the sponsors started pulling out, campaigns started being halted. So Again, I went in survival mode. How do I save this money? I mean, how do I at least shift that money yeah. to something, you know, similar to valuable. what we were going to do? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. what that's why I moved so quickly. I mean, I put that event together in four days, honestly. Four or five days, max. Listen. Um, <laughs> I, 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 that's what I saw it. Like, I saw you go from walkthrough to, okay, this is going to be on the internet. And I said, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the thing is, uh, I, I believe I always do proof of concepts, which means, mm-hmm. you know, you may not, you may not get a profit off your first event, but I always yeah. feel those are proof of concept. And that's what you take. When I, when I first was acquired in 2017, I believe, mm-hmm. yep. um, we just had the website. Um, we didn't yeah. really have a lot to take to brands to sell. Yeah. I just, I diversified the brand. And so that's why I started creating event franchises. That's why I started Mm -hmm. creating um, video series. Um, That's why I created the podcast. Now we had way more things to put into a media plan and that Mm -hmm. allowed us to increase our revenue. Um, So y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? (laughs) But but that was, that was some game right there. Like, you, if you are doing something that adds value, how can you leverage what you're already doing into other entities that still are relevant? Because, you know, sometimes people will hear this and be like, okay, I'm going to go start a zoo. Well, the zoo, <laughs> okay, Tiger King, that don't got shit to do with, <laughs> with your blog. So it's like, if you're going to expand, make sure that it's connected to what the main thing is. For sure. And And for me, like, even when we did the uh, happy hour podcast, I think when people first, you know, people have been asking me for a podcast, I think it's more for business advice, but Mm -hmm. um, I knew my audience and I knew they like girl talk. They like, like raw, unadulterated, like get to the nitty gritty, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And so happy hour represented that, like what, you talk about over happy hours, some drinks with your friends. Um, right. And again, the same with our event series. They kind of, sometimes we're talking about sex and sex toys because that's what our audience loves. Can I jump in? I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I love how you said sometimes y'all talk about sex. <laughs> um, <laughs> because what what I do love about Exo Nicole is that, and I have a friend who did an article for for the site where she was kind of talking about um, being digmatized. But what you've done is create <laughs> create a safe space for us to have these conversations. And that is literally why I started the podcast. That's why I had you on the first time. And I love that you've created that space where we can talk about these things literally and not like feel guilty or feel like we need to change who we are. Oh, I'm this, you know, boss woman, professional, super high class. Like it doesn't matter. Like we all know what goes down (laughs) when it goes down. So. (laughs) 
So how did you, was that like deliberate or were you just like afraid to maybe go there when you first started kind of going into the topic? I definitely was not afraid to go there. I mean, I specifically went out looking for a sex contributor and I wanted that person to be very free, um, Mm -hmm. liberated and very sexually free. And I found who's now my managing editor named Sheridan Mm -hmm. uh, Garrett. Oh, well, she goes by Sheridan Chanel. She Mm -hmm. talked about her sex life so... Uh, you know, just liberated up in her mm-hmm. sexual experience on her blog. And I was like, that's what I want for Exo Nicole. And so her articles were very popular because she wrote them so beautifully, like a Zane novel. Um, mm-hmm. I think prior to that, I felt like at the time we didn't have Be and Mary Jane. We didn't have Insecure. Um, right. We didn't have anything that showed Black women in roles where they were sex, uh, even being rom- romantic. Um, right. Or sexual. And I was like, what is that saying about black women as a whole and how people view us? You know, mm-hmm. do we have to hide our sexuality? Um, mm-hmm. And even I'll tell you the other day, actually last night, I was uh, I just happened to scroll, stroll on into Carrie Champion from ESPN. Mm-hmm. She had a, a IG live and she was talking to uh, Boz, you know, uh, mm-hmm. is it Boz yep. or Boz? Bozoma uh, St. Mm-hmm. John. Yep. And girl. They was on there talking about uh, penis. Um, <laughs> the other day, Kelly Rowland. Right. The girls are <laughs> and opening, I was up. Like, opening up. And I was, because uh, Boz, is it Boz or Boz? I think Am I saying it right? I think it's Boz. She was talking about an experience when she woke up and her wig was laying next to her. And oh, no. When no. I said I died, <laughs> <laughs> She said she felt the breeze, but I, I was like, those two are my new besties because they're very, you know, high up on the high total profile, mm-hmm. high profile, you know, lead team, especially Bose. Like she is a yeah. boss lead yeah. team. I'm very well respected, but you can get on IG live and talk about things like this. Um, right. Give us a peek into a chat with your girlfriends. Like that was everything for me. Well, and so I do think, uh, yeah, th- I do think we help give women permission to say, yes, I can be a boss, you know, a boss in the boardroom, but I can, you know, you know, be say uh, <laughs> <laughs> a freak in the sheets. I'm okay. trying, trying to figure out a safe way to say it. Listen, you know we, I mean? don't, we don't got to be safe here. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, this is a safe space, so you can be yourself. <laughs> I just felt so suppressed sexually before Exo yeah. Nicole came along because I didn't have anyone to talk to about things without feeling judged. So you know you what did. I mean? Yeah, so you, you, you that's did. what it did, did for me. You gave yourself the Toni Morrison treatment. She said, write what you want to see in the world. And so yes. you created, you know, I'm thinking about all you've done for me in terms of the content, all you've done for other women and even men, because there are a lot of male Exo Nicole fans um, who love the content. And turns out you were creating that space for you first. So I think that's another lesson that we can all learn from is like, what do we need so badly that no one else is providing? And how can we possibly take the steps to provide that for ourselves and for others? I definitely agree. Uh, starting there and wondering what what do you feel is missing that yeah. you wish was you know available to you, whether it's community, 
while there's a safe space to talk about things that, you know, you don't see being talked about on the internet. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that I, I love the brand so much for that. Yeah. So I want to, we're talking about how you pivoted. What are some other ways that you've had to make adjustments with how you run the business during the, this pandemic? Um, it's made me realize because, uh, we've, I, I've, I started hiring a lot of people in Atlanta just because we were going to do, um, we were shifting our business model just a little bit and, Mm -hmm. and venturing into offline experiences. Um, and so I've wanted people working in office with me more than remote over the last few years. It has been a lot of remote workers, a lot of remote contributors. Um, what I'm finding, even during, during the pandemic, it's very hard to lead a almost 100% remote team and keeping yeah. the team morale up. And, you know, because everything's going to be a Zoom call or, or right. you know, you got to navigate Basecamp or Trello or one of those programs. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredibly difficult. Um, so I think... In that sense, I, I've definitely since having that epiphany a week ago, am slowing myself down. Um, okay. I'm not in a race, you know, mm-hmm. right now. We're all figuring it out. You right. know, every every single business is figuring it out. There's businesses that 80% of their revenue is based on, you know, whether it's a festival yeah. or in-person curated experiences. And mm-hmm. the media, the actual site is just almost like the, the other 20 or 10%. Um, right. And that revenue has been wiped a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, Completely. Because a brand is not going to pay as much for an online virtual experience as they would in person. They can't really reach out and touch the consumer in person and allow right. the consumer to experience them in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's given me time to just sit back and realign, not only with what I want for my brand and my why, but what I want for myself. Mm, okay. We're going to have to get into that that self. But before I, I go into that, I want to know what changes have you made that you'll keep in place once things kind of start to go back to normal? Um, in my personal and professional life, just allowing myself to slow down. I was on a hamster wheel. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was going, the the year started, I was running on that hamster wheel thinking I was going somewhere. Um, and really giving myself time to take those moments where I peel back from social or even, you know, uh, work, um, and, align with my why. It's so important. Um, business owners who are listening, it's so important to have an anchor. My anchor was the gym and an anchor mm-hmm. and hobbies outside yeah. of your work, because if not, you're going to start resenting the work. And um, that's why I went into bodybuilding one year and I got my mm-hmm. pro card. I needed something outside of work that was driving me, you know what I mean? And making me more yeah. well-rounded. Um, spiritually, I've, I feel like I'm even more aligned with God right now and I'm allowing him to take the will. And I'm like, I'll get in the back. Actually, let me, let me get in the back seat 
Jesus right. take the will, faith rod shotgun. I'm just gonna sit back here in the mm-hmm. back and let y'all do your thing. <laughs> I, I love that. Jesus take the will and faith rod shotgun. I love that. And what was interesting, I've I am trying to I'm in that process now where I'm trying to strengthen my relationship with God and just spiritually, because what's interesting is that throughout the last, I would say, month and a half, as things have been turned upside down. I've noticed how God, the universe, or just certain things are still working in my favor. Mm-hmm. Like it can just be a little moment like where I'm like, oh, I'm stressed about revenue or finances. And then I'm able to negotiate, you know, for, um, you know, a freeze on my office lease, um, a temporary, you know, just little things that were not even possible before right. that I thought were possible in that they're coming to me before I can even think to have the conversation or how, you know, just, just little things. So I'm just like, okay, God, I'm listening. I'm slowing down. I'm trying to sit down and really just like realize it's already been done. Like it's already been written. Like you've gotten me to this point. I know you ain't bring me this far to leave me. I know that's <laughs> right. And it, it's, it's funny because uh, that's why gratitude is very important. Yes. Um, of waking up every day and and picking things to be thankful for, because if not, you're going to let some of the things that are negative overshadow just the fact that we have a roof over our heads or may have income coming in when (sighs) people don't. Um, Breath in our bodies. Breath (laughs) breath in our body. Like, you know, I'm waking up these days. I'm like, okay, girl, you could open your eyes. You could breathe. And, you know, it's all right. I'm just like reeling it all the way in and mm-hmm. just going back to the little things. For sure. I want to I ask you this. And I think this is this is really, really important in terms of perspective for all of us. You started out this year very strong. And I think about, you know, I, I actually started the year in Ghana. Um, I had the time of my life. Yes. And I I, th- I look back at like those pictures and videos. I was like, oh, we were so naive. We really thought <laughs> <laughs> we were having a blast. Like, oh, it's lit. We in Africa. Yes, 2020 is different. Yeah, it's different already. <laughs> so you said, you know, you started this year and you just knew that everything was up you know, revenues were up, like opportunities were up. You guys were about to take the pajamas and lipstick event to the next level. The podcast is doing well, but you didn't, as you were kind of walking me through that, it didn't sound like you still felt that 2020 can be your year. And I think it can still be our year. I, I, it, it will be like, I'm saying it with a matter of fact, 2020 Mm -hmm. is still going to be my year. It's important to get realigned. And Mm. I think I I said this in our prior interview and I'll say it again. Timing is the one thing that we forget to surrender to. And sometimes when remember that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Come on, Jesus. (laughs) What the thing that causes suffering is being so attached to a desired outcome. Mm. And so 2020 I had a desired outcome. Um that outcome is not saying that it's never going to happen. It still can happen. It's just a little pause and it's just not happening in the timing I wanted it to. Right. That timing is the thing that we forget to surrender to. I just need y'all to snap on that (laughs) 
real quick because I remember that word from the from the first time uh, we talked, and I want to get into the you know just kind of where we left off from our last conversation. But I have one more question about the current moment that we're in. Okay, as somebody that has experienced you know a ton of success and also in your own words failure, do you ever have a fear of slipping back into a tough spot financially or professionally? And if so, how do you combat that when it comes up? Because for me, it triggers the hell out of my anxiety. Um, no. And I think it's because I'm no longer attached mm. to what I thought success was supposed to be for me. I'm um, about to walk out my own interview. I'm not, I'm not doing this with you. you know I'm what? not doing this with you, Nicole. You better come on now. Seriously. <laughs> before, Talk to us. For success was me being the next Oprah, you know, mm. uh, or success was all these things. And I've noticed that I, there were times in, when, in my life where I didn't know where the next check was coming from. There was a time where I sold everything that I owned, my the dream car that was on my vision board, every piece of item uh, of clothing that I had bought during my Nicole Bitchy days, just so that I could move to New York to give my brand a chance. Um, mm-hmm. And so I shed myself like a snake shedding its skin um, to right. build a new person. And so, you know Ooh, what? I'm, I'm moving, <laughs> no, I'm, you don't understand. I'm moving my chair around. I'm about to levitate. You better, you should. But I, but I say that because in Ooh. those moments where I didn't know where that next check was coming from, or I had to get rid of all these things that I thought mattered, I still mm. found happiness. Um, I shed myself and exposed myself to the bare minimum and I found happiness. And then I realized when I got all those things back, because I did tenfold, I think mm-hmm. when you're willing to sacrifice things, you will get them back. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't happy when I got them back. Um, and so it reminded me that there's very simple things in life that makes me happy. And that's why I don't think I fear losing it all again. Mm, that's that's important. And I think I'm going to replay that part of this interview a lot because <laughs> that's a place that I am trying to get to in my own journey um, with entrepreneurship and just in my personal life. And I, and I love that you refer to it as a shedding, right? Um, you shed who you once were. And I remember once on Twitter, you talked about that time when you went, when you moved back to NYC and how you had roommates to save money. And these are just some of the sacrifices, as you just described, that you've made. And that's something that as I've watched you over the years, I've always been intrigued and impressed with how flexible you are with yourself and your overall career journey from the roommate situation, from selling all the things that you had to have at one point. And then from moving across the country as many times as you have, um, from Maryland, NYC, Arizona, and now Atlanta, uprooting yourself like that every few years doesn't seem easy. How did you get comfortable with making those kinds of moves when the situation called for it? Um, I would say I have an extremely strong faith in God, even though I'm not in church every Sunday mm-hmm. and I'm not looking at, uh, I have my personal, uh, relate my, I think I have my own personal relationship with him and I always trust him to guide my moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the question before this one, I do want to say, I do seem 
see a lot of growth in me. And, and that's because I no longer allow titles um, and what people's perception of me trap me into this idea. You know what I mean? Mm, yep. And I think when I left uh, Nicole Bitchy, I allowed the fact that people were watching, that they had trapped me into this idea of what they wanted me to be, uh, define me. And so when I shed myself of who the character, Nicole Bitchy, I shed myself yeah. of the money uh, and all those things, I didn't know who I was. Um, and there was a lot of suffering that <laughs> that was within that period because of that. So I think it's sometimes when we're scared of losing something or failing, it's like, are we scared because there are people watching or are we, you know what I mean? At, at 80, 90% of the time, failure to us is defined by other people's perception of what we should be doing. For sure. Mm. Do you think that had you not made the physical moves that you did or the sacrifices that you may have missed out on parts of your success and the blessings that have come your way? Or do you think these things would have happened on their own organically? No, I had to, I, I had to definitely move. Um, it reminds me, I remember listening to uh, Lauren Hill one time mm -hmm. and she talked about, um, Sometimes you have to descend one mountain to climb another. You can't, like, if you're just sitting on top of a mountain. I, I can't jump from mountain to mountain, you saying? <laughs> no, you can't. It's no bridge, okay, girl? Okay. Like, <laughs> you got to come down off of one okay. to start a new journey and to climb another. And I think sometimes we get at the top of our mountain and we just want to stay there and coast and be comfortable. I'm, a, I'm about to lay on the floor. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't like who knew I needed this conversation. Oh God. I thought I was doing this for the people. You Turns know what? I am the people. Oh, go ahead. Come on, it, preacher. It's serious though. It, it's serious. And if we are not willing to move and descend hmm. at, at different points in our careers, then that's where we become stagnant or stuck. And um Ooh. I think right now, this time during a pandemic. God is forcing people to move. You know what I mean? Like y'all, all y'all got to move. Like, you know Listen, what I mean? I am being dragged. <laughs> let me tell you. I am being, I mean, God a little rough with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you got to move, but there's something beautiful on the other side. And I want you to trust that. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay. I'm a trust it. Cause Nicole said, trust it y'all. Okay. Because whew, I am, I have chills right now. Just, Listening to you, I, I just, man, are just thinking about where you were a few years ago and where you are right now. And obviously, where there's still more growth to be experienced. There's your journey is just literally still just getting started. It's just underway. There's so many more amazing things that are for you in this life. But I want to know. I've I've watched you do this time and time again, where you are just so flexible, and it's something that I really admire because I don't have that skill. And I think, you know, I'm someone who, and I, you know, we, we kind of share this, but because of how I grew up, I crave stability. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I'm like naturally inclined to be more deeply rooted. And, and I guess that it, it makes me feel safe and stable. Like, for example, I've been in my current apartment for a decade. 
Girl, you you the type of person got the same number since high school. Listen, you know what? I don't. I, I didn't change my number because I do have a different number. Because one time I had two phones. I don't know who I thought I was, but um, I have been in my apartment for a decade, and I'm I'm like, how can I learn? to be more flexible. Like I'm, you know, from New York, I've lived other places. I've lived in Jersey. I've lived in DC. And it's kind of like, I've, I love to travel, but I'm like, I have to stay in New York. For me, it's kind of like, I would feel almost defeated mm-hmm. if I had to go somewhere else. How, I mean, and, and I don't think that's the right way to feel. Yeah, it's again, it's about being willing to move off of that mountain. And when you said stability, I was like, stability, what is that? Like, that, right. that word right. feels it's a false so it's a, it, it sounds so foreign to me because I've yeah. never felt like I had stability. Um, mm. I would love to experience stability, I would love it. You know, what would and stability look like for you? Stability would look like probably me buying a home me having a husband and kids. And so now I can't move around as freely as I used to because I have other humans, you know, you know, people that I love that I have to consider, you know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. I want to stay there. I want to stay there. I know you uh, do. You know, <laughs> you, you know, you know, I do. <laughs> Um, you know I do. <laughs> you know I do because we again, this is another thing that we have in common. You you openly express your desire to be partnered and have children. I feel the same way. I want the same things. How do you stay encouraged during this waiting season? And and for anybody listening, the waiting season, it, it doesn't have to just be around dating and family and a husband, um, but it can be professionally too, as we're waiting for a promotion, as we are waiting for the next chapter in our business to open up. But Nicole, just in your perspective, how do you stay encouraged during this waiting season? Um, I Well, first of all, I don't consider it a waiting season. I'll tell you mm. why. I used to be a, a, well, I still am a bodybuilder. When I mm-hmm. uh, follow other fitness pros, one thing they would do, like we used to call the season where we were bulking up or building muscle, the off season in our on mm. season when we were on stage, but then I realized people started calling the off season improvement season. So okay. what didn't I tell you I'm not doing this? It's changing the perspective <laughs> of waiting to this is my improvement season. Um, and I, so how long, how long does that season last though? Because I feel uh, like I've been here a minute. I, I know. Well, well, God is forcing us to move, and He's uh, forcing us to move for a reason so okay. that He can. Clear out things that don't belong to make room for things that do belong. Okay. Um, so in that sense, I'm enjoying my improvement season. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, my eyes are being open to a lot of things. I see a lot of shifting in my life um, mm-hmm. in, in all areas, my personal, my professional life. Um, so, yeah, that's my qu- answer to that. Just shifting, putting on a different lens, shifting your perspective from waiting because waiting like who who likes waiting you know what i mean like the, even the word Not wait me. it's like yeah. you know i was as i was saying it i was thinking it cuz i'm like the most impatient person ever and right. because of that i think god makes me wait yeah you don't like waiting in line you don't like Listen, waiting for food for no one likes waiting for anything but i think 
changing the perspective of that season too. It's it's my improvement season. Well, I have another perspective for you. Um, I'm ready for an arranged marriage. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and, and a, arranged by XO Nicole because y'all be interviewing the finest. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I look, you know what? I, 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 we would make a killing, like just doing I mean, listen, a now, blind now, dating show. Like, listen, you know now what I mean? is the time. One of my close friends started a dating show on Zoom. Tomorrow is like the third one. I'm going to send you a link. What? I want you to, I want you, it's called Dubber Date. It's insane. You know what? Put me I'll, on. Okay? I'm going to send you the link so you can. Pop in and like watch. It's like love connection. It's it's insane. It's like amazing. Like people are actually making connections. You you have to join in. So Please I'm gonna send do. you it, tomorrow. It's funny you would say that because our first pajamas and lipstick virtual was actually supposed to be a singles mixer, and uh, we were supposed to have like speed dating and all mm-hmm. these other things. And I stopped halfway through planning. Like, okay, I know women content. I know how to do content for women very easily, but right. you mean to tell me I got to find, you know, figure out how to organize something for men and women. And right. I was like, that's too much stress in this little bit of time. <laughs> well, well, let me, let me just tell you, I want you at some point when you feel like it to revisit it because that's right. <laughs> because, because it's very, very needed. You've created a safe space for us to have these conversations. You've created a safe space for men to kind of come on and share their perspective about things. And now it's time for you to create a safe space to find Sakita's husband. Okay. I know, so. And you know what? I'm all for quality. So I'm always pre-screening. Like, you know, I want to make and, sure and the, I, the men are serious. The women are serious. Listen, I'm saying this on record on this podcast so people can quote me on this. If you see something, say something, Nicole. If you see somebody <laughs> that you're like, oh, this person could be good for Sakita, please, okay, send send them, send <laughs> them to, to me. Uh, so I want to I want to go back to to the business. Thank you for for sharing. Um, you know, just some having a personal moment where we kind of talk about that because I think it's it's just really important. And I know that there are going to be a lot of people listening who are in that same improvement season. Come on, new word. Yeah, and I want to say this because this is a really great time to um, like work on your relationships with guys that you might be dating. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, it's opportunity to build more meaningful connection connections yes. because you're, you know, doing whether it's FaceTime or you're talking more on a phone, you're not rushing to meet up. Um, right. and, and, and you guys have more time. So, you know, mm-hmm. like before we, we were always on a plane or going here or mm-hmm. going there and trying to squeeze someone in between that time. Um, so it's a, it's a really great time to get to know, um, someone that's in your life a little bit better. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a call to action because I, I really, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that are interested in me right now. And I'm just like, why am I not feeling it? You know? And again, I've been saying to myself, like flow, not force in that that's also something to pay attention to. Like now is not the time to force something. And it could be like, sometimes here's the thing. Um, For a long time, I wouldn't date because I was in transition and mm-hmm. I feel like when you don't know where the next check is coming from there, your yeah. life is in, right. You you're scared to give even a little bit of time to someone. But yeah. what I've realized was I'm robbing myself of an opportunity to 
experienced people because I'm always going to be in transition. You know what I mean? Literally, as an entrepreneur, that's that's literally the name of the game. Yes. Exactly. I was like, girl, like you'll be 50 talking about just give me one more year to get everything in order. I'm trying to I'm trying to build. I'm trying to build. Hold on. Let me build. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna text them back tonight. So I allowed myself to open my heart a little bit more knowing that because I didn't want to rob myself of that opportunity. And then that stability I was looking for never really comes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let that marinate. Because, <laughs> listen, you you are preaching a good word today. Um, and I'm I'm thankful for that. Uh, so I, wa- I want to go back to, to the business side of things. And how did you get on Will Packer's radar? Um, actually... You know what? Um, I, I think you mentioned the video that I uh, released in 2016. And to be yeah. honest, like I told you I was going to go and watch it today. I didn't because it gives me PTSD. Just yeah. thinking about not only the video, but me putting myself out there and then the, the how the world perceived that video and the headlines yeah. that came from the yes, video. I remember. Um, I remember being so um, disappointed in the way people were talking about me at that time on Twitter and Facebook. She should have yeah. stayed with her old brand. I the like I almost felt like they were parading the failure. Yes. Um yeah. but I also forgave them in that mm. moment because I knew they all would ha- were gonna go through a period in their lives where they had to move off the mountain and it wasn't gonna feel comfortable at all. And 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 then they were gonna look back on my story. Um yeah. Another thing, and I don't mean to keep bringing her up. Another thing Lauren Hill said that I really remember and it and it hit me deep was when you ask God to use you, you can't choose how he uses you. All you right. have to be willing to be kicked and humiliated. Mm-hmm. And so in yeah. that moment, God was using me and I didn't even know. But I say all that to say, I feel like that put me back on a lot of people's radars. Because mm-hmm. some people didn't even know that I had shifted from Nicole Bitchy to Exxon Nicole. Right. So they're like, well, let me go to Exxon Nicole. What is she talking about? And right. I think that's how I kind of got on Will's radar, um, yeah. the press and everything around that. Um, so he approached me actually maybe four months after that video was released. Wow. Um, and he he told me he had an opportunity. And he actually um, emailed through the website saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm trying to reach Nicole. I haven't talked to her in a while. I would love to set up a meeting with her. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course he had other things in mind for how we would work together. He was starting something new and he thought I would be the perfect person to help because I know women, women in content, black women, and that's what his work caters to. Yeah. Um, So it started there. And were you thinking about, selling the brand at that time because again he initially approached you for some other things some other projects um no I wasn't I at the time I had taken a break a little break like let's let's uh let's push these archives out let me realign (laughs) realigning is the story of my life and that's when I had got into fitness a little bit I was studying nutrition I needed something else to anchor me and um I, I I don't think I was thinking about what was next for EXO. 
originally when I first started the site in 2015, I wanted an investor. So I had got mm-hmm. a business plan done. Um, but thank God that didn't work out. Um, and, and because with acquisitions, sometimes you, you, uh, gain mentorship and you gain people who are allowed, um, well, actually you gain like advisors. Um, mm-hmm. and so that has been one of the biggest blessings out of this acquisition for me. Um, but yeah, I wasn't in a place where I wanted to sell my brand or, or was even thinking about it at all. It wasn't even an option for me. I didn't even know what that entailed. I had never looked it up. I'm, I I didn't even know what mergers and acquisitions were or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how did, when you started the conversation and he brought up uh, possibly acquiring the brand, how did you get to that point? And what was the time frame of like from when the conversation started to, you know, you actually going through with it? And did you have any reservations about making that deal? Well, after my first conversation with him about the opportunity, I texted him after we got off the phone and said, I don't think this opportunity is for me, but I have five recommendations. And mm-hmm. I sent him names of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then he came back in uh, February 2017 mm-hmm. and said the same. I said the same thing. In March, he came back. I mean, he was like, once a month, I would get a call. So April came and I'm like... That's Will Packer again, like man. Um, right. <laughs> and I think I had went to LA to clean out a storage. I remember it like it was yesterday. And on my way back, I was two hours outside of LA, just getting mm-hmm. out of the traffic. And his assistant had reached out to me. And I'm not sure if she had saw I was in LA or what, but she said, Hey, Will would love to sit down with you while you're in LA and have, you know, dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was about to text her back, hey, I'm two hours, you know, I'm on my way back to Arizona. But right. God came through and he was like, girl, you are about to miss your blessing. Mm. I need you to turn this car around and go meet that man. And I was like, okay, God, like I went, I stopped. I had a dress in the back seat because I wanted to at least dress like I was going to an interview. I didn't know mm-hmm. what this opportunity was. Um And so I met him a few hours later Mm -hmm. and, you know, after just talking to him face to face, I loved his spirit. I loved his energy. I could tell he was a good person. I'm a good uh, energy reader and my intuition is strong. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to let go of my selfishness of wanting Mm. to, you know, grow XL Nicole and I'm going to go work with this man. I want to, I want to learn all these, um, all the things that I can from under him. And another thing I could go to New York cause he told me the position would be in New York and I could open up all these opportunities and media for other right. black women. Mm-hmm. So that's how it kind of started. And I warmed up to the idea. Um, but the day he called me to, and I was waiting for my job offer is when he mentioned that Instead, they would like to put the money they were raising for another site into Exxon Nicole. So that's how wow. that conversation started. And I, I mean, I cried on spot. Oh, wow. That is, that's incredible. That's incredible. And I know that 
obviously you had to go through a series of negotiations and conversations about it. And one thing that that you've mentioned before that has stuck out to me is that you talk about negotiating for your future self. How did mm-hmm. you do that in this particular situation? Because obviously this was, you know, for years you've had Nicole Bitchy and now this was your new baby. So giving it away in a sense or selling it, um, it wasn't even on your radar. So how how were you able to negotiate for your future self? And do you think that you did a good job? Um, I I have an amazing business manager by the name of Humble. He's like one of a very sought out business manager um, mm-hmm. in Hollywood. But I've I've been with him since what 2012 or something like that. He's gotten me out of a lot of tax trouble and okay. other things. Um, mm-hmm. and he. He just happened to have a death in the family where he had to leave the country during my um, my negotiations. But he wow. set me up with a really great lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've never worked with this lawyer before. I didn't know if he had my best interest. At, like, you know, I just didn't know. I felt so isolated in my negotiation experience because I had no one, no mentor to talk to. I didn't know anyone who had ever went through an acquisition Right. That I was in reach of, you know, it just wasn't even something that black women even talk about out loud. Right. Um, or black business owners. Um, and so it was a very isolated and scary moment in my life because Exxon Nicole has always been my baby. Like people who know my story know that, you know, I don't have my parents. Uh, my parents passed away. My grandparents, all of my grandparents are no longer living. And so when I birthed First, Nicole Bitchy, and then Exo Nicole. It was like my baby. When you birthed a baby, this is, it was almost like this was something I had to live for. Um, And seeing it blossom got me up out of bed every day. And to hand that over to someone else, not knowing what they were going to do with it, was the very scariest moment of my life. Um, Mm. But so, if I'm going to give it up and there, you know, a lot of times there are things in place like non-compete clauses. Like you can't just leave your brand and go start right. another one that's identical. Um, there were things that I had to make sure that I negotiated so that I would feel at peace. Um, and, and being someone that was a blogger and influencer first, you know, I was a personal brand outside of Exo Nicole. Nicole Kane was her own brand. For sure. Um, so I wanted to protect that. I wanted to protect if I ever wrote a book, you know, and what that looked like. So we had so many elements of me to negotiate um, Mm -hmm. outside of just, hey, like there's people I've talked to afterwards and their negotiation process took like four to six weeks. Mine took like three to four months because it took so long. And I I even called it off in the last, (laughs) and the last like week of the negotiations, I was like, you know, if I were to go through with this, acquisition and mm-hmm. then it were to fail then it would be everywhere i could fail mm-hmm. on my own so right we've got to make sure if i go through this that it's a success because there's young girls watching and i need them to see that yes i did hit rock bottom at some point but i was able to bounce back up and now this is thriving what ended up being the deciding factor in your negotiation process was it the fact that Will Packer's team was open to the things that that you wanted, or was it was there something else that was a deciding factor for you? 
Well, that um, when I called it off, my lawyer said, what is it that they'd have to do for you to say yes? Mm -hmm. And I gave him a list of things. Um, So that was one. And number two, I when you're um, talking through lawyers, like everybody seems like the bad guy because you're negotiating the worst case scenario the whole time. You're not negotiating negotiating the best case scenario. Everyone's trying to protect if it doesn't work out. What right. you're talking about if it doesn't work out every single day, that's you have a very you it drives fear. You have a very negative now you're thinking about what if it doesn't work out every single day. Um so for me, I was like, before I go through with this, I have to talk to Alex Baldin um with it, which is the COO and the co-founder of Will Packer Media. Mm-hmm. Again, because I had talked to him before this started and they seemed like very nice people. But now <laughs> right. side eyeing everybody. And right. I talked to him and after I talked to him, I like when I say, um, and I'm sure you look around all the time and you see a lot of me too, um, mm-hmm. movement, mm-hmm. like, especially yep. with powerful men in entertainment. And for, sure. for me, I've always feared, I've always worked around women. I've always mm-hmm. feared working with men because I didn't know what that looked like. You right. know, and I've 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 had people spread rumors that weren't true and this and that. And then being what, you know, people used to say, oh, she's here or there because she looks like this. So I've always had to work twice as hard to even prove myself. But now right. I'm in a position where I would have to work under two men. And I didn't know what that would look like. But when I say that Alex and Will are some of the most amazing men I've ever met in my life, the way they treat their families um, and themselves. Even, you know, they take vacations, they go on spring break with the kids. Um, Will exudes so much joy all the time. He's very charming. Mm-hmm. It looks mm-hmm. like he loves life. He loves his wife. He loves excitement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And before then, I hadn't worked with men or even talked to men in that capacity. I'm from a a family of all women. Um, So it was very refreshing to meet two men that are actually good people. You know what I mean? They're phenomenal people. And they've changed me so much. They've even changed how I view love and relationships, you know? Um, Wow. So I'm truly blessed. Because not only did they acquire my brand, but then they allowed me to run it. They allowed me to keep the people that I wanted to keep. They allowed me to build out my different teams. They allowed Mm -hmm. me to make mistakes. And I don't think I would have had that opportunity had someone else came along and acquired my brand. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. I'm I'm so happy to hear that because, you know, I was going to ask, what is it like to work with them? And you just, you know, laid it out so beautifully. Is the is the business profitable today? I I would say um, it wasn't. So when I uh, went into after we were acquired in the year 2018, I felt like we kind of were just sitting. And that's because Mm -hmm. we didn't have much to work with when we pitched ourselves the brand. Like we just had a website. But Like I said, I hadn't diversified things. And that's when I was like, okay, I have to create different things for people to buy into. And so I went into 2019 and I actually said, this is the year I'm sacrificing myself. I w- I'm not dating at all in 2019 because mm-hmm. I have to get this brand to 
a place where it can one day be a legacy brand, a brand as huge as Essence. Um, And so I gave up my whole 2019, which is why I was mourning 2020, because I knew I had given up the year prior for it to be an amazing year. Um, And so uh, 2019, I set us up to be have a phenomenal, profitable year. I still do believe we will have that profitable year. So the answer to your question is we hadn't been profitable. It's coming. It's coming. And I do feel, you know, you always hear about the revenue brands make, but you never yeah. hear about their expenses. Listen, you don't hear about what they're spending on, whether it's um, their staff, their operating yeah. expenses, the office space, the utilities, the travel, the... Um, so there's a lot of brands out there that we look at and we think they're making all this revenue, but right. they have not turned a profit yet. Yeah. And, and uh, most tech tech brands that have most tech. billions of dollars or have <laughs> millions or billions in revenue are still at a loss. Um, so in, and also even with small businesses, what people need to know is that there are ebbs and flows. You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's a good time and other times that, you know, we may be rebuilding or or things may have shifted. So you just if you want to get on this entrepreneurial ride, you have to kind of be ready for the loop de loops <laughs> that that come along with it. And in speaking of that, you are a serial entrepreneur. Can you give us your three best money tips? Um I would definitely say when you're starting to really grow in your business to find, to to definitely have some type of accountant or business manager, um, especially when you start having employees and things like that's yeah. one less thing you want to have on, uh, on your plate. Um, right. For me, I was a solopreneur, but I felt like my business manager served. And I mean, the good one, because I had a bad one that didn't file my taxes. And that's a whole other story. But he served as my, I feel like he was almost like my CFO of my company. You know what I mean? And so with them taking over, paying my staff and and filing my taxes, it allowed me to free up my time. I'm a visionary. I I can't spend my time processing invoices every week. Um, You know what I mean? So um, I I think that's one. Um, Two... When I when I went through my acquisition, like uh, the first few years, I felt like I was bumping heads a little with um, Alex because he wouldn't allow me to do a lot of things without us uh, raising money for it, sponsorships yet. And that's just because he's a COO. He's over the money. Right. Like, so right. if you don't make money, it don't make sense. For Where sure. I was used to being a blogger and just like, if we want to go to a award show, I'm just going to pay for it. You know, I was out there just just throwing money around. Uh, but it's been a big blessing because he he operates from a very frugal point of view and he's not going to let me, he didn't allow me to scale fast. Like what's the least amount of people we can have on board right now to make this thing functional? And, yeah. and, and, and let's grow slowly. Let's climb this mountain slow. Let's not do a fast climb. And that has tremendously helped us during this pandemic because we were already kind of bare bones in it. So we didn't have to do mass layoffs and fur- furloughs, you know. Um, and just with him being so frugal, even when I moved to Atlanta, instead of getting a big office space for my team, I rented like a $250 office <laughs> space out of my building. Because uh-huh. it was available. 
Right. And we use all the common areas. And so that, again, when the pandemic hit and, you know, most people have all these like well. operating expenses that are huge. Yeah. Me being so frugal in my thinking and my way of doing things because of working under him allowed us to not be in a space where we have money going to things that don't make sense for us right now as a brand. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I have a couple more questions and cause this conversation, yeah. Nicole, this is, this is truly, I mean, it's been fantastic. I, I didn't expect anything less, but it has truly like filled me with just energy, like a renewed sense of like energy and purpose. You've given me, you've reminded me of things that I've always known to be true, but sometimes you kind of need to hear it from somebody that's a few steps ahead of you. So I want to thank you in advance um, for that. And I just want to know, aside from just reading and sharing the articles on a site, listening to the podcast, participating in your virtual events until they can, you know, be back in the real world, how else can we support Exo Nicole at this time? Um, that's a good question because it's 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 hard running a brand is extremely hard running a media brand, and then it's even harder running a media brand that caters to Black women you know, going out into the world and proving your worth. Um, I think a lot of times people come to us for features or free write-ups and things like that. And we do it all the time. Right. They don't consider the fact that we are a Black-owned business as well and Mm. that we have to make revenue some way. And so if it's not in someone taking out advertising, it's like, Are you sharing articles on your social or, you know, just in the way you you want us to share your articles and your success and your story? You know, are you supporting us even when there's not a post on you? Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of brands that I really loved that I recently realized aren't around anymore that cater to black women. Um, and even, even one being a sister circle TV just kind of, um, folded. And I always wonder were people supporting this brand, you know what I mean? Like, were they really, you know, taking out the advertising Were they support because it's, it's hard as a media brand because people look at you as free media, right? Right. For so sure. It's very hard to get dollars from people with that in mind. Um, but that's the only way that we will survive. And I, I hear people always say, why aren't there more positive sites for Black women? This is why we need yeah. monetary support to keep the doors open and the staffs paid. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think people take our things that are for us for granted. Yes especially things that are for black women. And I'm not sure if you've been paying attention to like the versus music battles at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously they've, they've become more popular. They just announced that the next one is going to be Erica Badu and Jill Scott, which is amazing. Yeah. Next Saturday. Um, Yes. But I've seen people already start to discount it. Like, oh, oh why are Swiss Beats and Timberland taking it so serious? It's just Instagram. And it's kind of like, this is a dream that they've had for years. Right. And we don't even realize the gift 
that we are getting from it. Man, listen. That we are getting from true legends, people that have dedicated their entire lives to greatness. And they're even giving a gift to these artists because a lot of people don't even realize how amazing these artists were. They don't don't realize all that they've done. Their catalogs. Exactly. Their streaming is up. They're getting them new fans. You can see even, especially Teddy Riley and Babyface, like they are reinvigorated. Now they're like doing all these things. So Mm -hmm. it's amazing, but it's so crazy how we are quick to say, to downplay our stuff. And yeah. when it comes to our platforms like Exo Nicole, the Sister Circles, it's kind of like we take it for granted and we're always looking for validation elsewhere. But when that validation doesn't come, you still have people saying, well, we need to validate ourselves. Well, y'all shit on the BET Awards, but you want to, you know, when it comes to the other award shows. Yeah, and that's, I, I feel like too, like it's always something like uh you know, um, if if a woman does something, she's doing it great. And I'm and I'm taking an example of maybe like DJ D Nice. Yeah, I love what he's doing right now. I saw yeah. a a woman DJ actually say, "You guys got to support the women DJs too." But then mm-hmm. there, then you'll see comments under the women DJs like talking about how they look or yeah. it's all these extra different things. Just allow this woman it. to be great. You know right. what I mean? Right, for sure. And I th- I think that's something that, you know, I don't think you and I alone will be able to shift, but I do hope over time and we continue to have this conversation where we have to show up for one another. I mean, if if you don't align with what I'm doing, by all means, tune out. But if it's something that is in alignment with your values or the type of content that you're looking for, you know, and XO and Cole has it. Why are we looking elsewhere for that type of content? Why are we going to people and begging them to do it when you're already doing it? Yeah. And support also comes in the form. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be advertising. Support comes in the form of, like you said, a lot of these artists or celebrities, A-listers, when they have a release, they'll run to, you know, a glamour, every, a cosmo, every refinery, like, you know what I mean? I, I will always have respect for Gabrielle Union because we went to a press junket mm-hmm. um, a few years ago and she was there and my writer sent me a message and said, you know, I'm getting the same bite as everybody that's in this room and they're going to put it out way faster than I get have a chance to... uh to, you know, transcribe it and get it to you. Can you, do you think you can ask her, can she give me five minutes? Mm -hmm. And so I go on Twitter, I think it was her Instagram and I send her a DM Mm -hmm. and she said, I'm leave. I'm actually about to leave and get on a plane to Atlanta, Mm -hmm. but contact me at this email address. It was a personal email address and we'll set it up for tomorrow. She gave us, we only wanted five or 10 minutes. She gave us an hour. And wow. she didn't have not a publicist on the phone. And when I say she dropped gym after gym, bite after bite, like our our website crashed. It was so many people that linked to that interview. AOL, yeah. like, you know, Vanity right. Fair. That's a look. You know what yeah. I mean? People and we need that, that interview to anybody, any site. And she gave it to us. Right. Um, that, and I will always love her for that. You know what I mean? So when mm-hmm. I see those videos, where a Halle Berry or somebody is um, their publicist about the wisdom of what uh, passed the black. And they say, no, I need to speak to them. Exactly. That matters. That's how you support brands like Exo Nicole. 
Well, that's that's a perfect um, place to end it. I have one more question. But one thing I want to say is like, if y'all are sleeping on Exo Nicole, please don't. <laughs> like, like people don't know your site does numbers. And like, I've been featured on your site before. I remember the last time we did the podcast, but then Raina did an interview after mm-hmm. I did like the Stop Playing Small podcast. I'm like, where are all these people coming from? They coming from Exo Nicole. Yeah, yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I saw a girl and she her story was featured on Glamour or one of those. But then when yeah. we featured it, it blew up. And she was it's just different. like, wow, like it, it's it's just different. No, um, your community is oh, a beast. Yeah, um, the, the, the culture, the community, the women are amazing. Our audience is amazing. They're like my my friends in my head. You know, I couldn't, I used to be a little embarrassed to the ex, uh, the cold bitchy audience. You know, you know how like you invite somebody over and you looking at your friends like, please don't embarrass <laughs> right. me. I wouldn't be like that every time we did a blog post, like commenters, please right. don't embarrass me. But right. this is such a uh, evolved group of women, women like they, a, a lot of them did read Nicole Bitchy, but they they are an evolved version right. of themselves. And exactly. um, there's a lot of community, a lot of positivity, the, the women who work for the brand, Sheridan, our managing editor, Ashley, the social media, like they're very passionate about their work and progressing black women forward. And it shows in their work. Um, and so everyone that we have, I feel like I have my dream team and I'm very appreciative for them. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just excited for what is on the other side of this mountain. For sure. Well, this is a great way to end it. In what ways... Do you think your life will have changed if we have another follow-up conversation three years from now? Honey, I'm going to be married with some yes. kids. <laughs> yes. For sure. And I'm not I, saying I I'm going to go and get married tomorrow, but I I know what brings me fulfillment um, right. and a, a balanced life uh, brings me that. Um, being able to be selfless and, and, um, and just have leave a legacy that goes beyond my work. You know what I mean? I want a legacy that goes beyond my work. I want to be considered a great mom, a great partner. Um, And so that is going to allow me to just focus on getting to know people a little bit more, you know, experience people a little bit more. And maybe that'll lead to lead to true love. Well, I just want I just want to say this. Um, when you talk about building a legacy outside of your work, obviously your work is how I first came to know you. But the the things about you that are most inspiring, the things about you that most impress me are literally just who it's who you are. Like the work is like it's like a bonus, but you talked about energy earlier and it's like the times that I've been around you, or I don't even have to be in the same country as you, just watching how you move through your life, watching how you use social media, watching how you share the ups and the downs. Like it, it means something to me, Nicole. I, I, I'm glad you like, first, thank you. I'm glad you brought that up because I did feel like within this acquisition, I started losing myself and I wasn't sharing mm-hmm. as much as I used to. Um, I'm actually working on a book outline because that is also a number one thing on my bucket list to do. And I think it's the greatest thing gift I can give myself is to be able to tell my own story. But I downloaded a lot of my older blogs from my Mm -hmm. personal website 
And it's almost like I had to get to know myself again. Like, oh my mm. gosh, like I'm a completely different person. Right. Um, and it made me realize how that personal website and me sharing personal parts of myself is what helped me get here. Not just the work, but the right. fact that I was willing to share those exactly. pieces that most people wasn't or wouldn't. Um, and so I do want to get back to that. Um, and that's why it's necessary for me to see what changes I need to make in my life and in my career so that I'm able to give myself again to my audience. You know, I'm so tired and drained nowadays. Yeah. You won't even see me on a live or uh, you don't see me posting a lot on social. Um, but I want, I want to be there again where I can give and pour into people through my personal experiences. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited for that. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for this conversation. Thank you for, for all that you do. You truly, and I, and I know it, it sometimes sounds weird to hear maybe when you're going through things, but you are truly a gift to oh, so many thank people. You. I, I, I appreciate that. I really needed this talk. You know, I definitely, Oh, leading up to it, I was so excited just because I do know I am in a different place and a different mind frame. Yep. Um, but this definitely made my week. Oh, <laughs> yes, sure. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Well, thank you again. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sakita Method podcast. How good was that conversation? Nicole dropped so many gems. If you took notes and you want to share this episode online, please use the hashtag the Sakita method and feel free to tag me at Miss Success. That's M-I-S-S success on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you happen to be listening to the Sakita method on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review.